And that is O Wondrous Typo Vision Fair, which just so happens to be the hymn that has been selected for Transfiguration Sunday. You are listening to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Tuesday, February the 26th, in the year of our Lord 2019. And we have with us Pastor Mark Smith. Hey, Tom, how you doing on this lovely, bright, sunny day? Yes. Last week of uh, Epiphany, before we... Head into Lent, Ash Wednesday and Lent. Next Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. That's right. Wow. Are you, are you ready? Got all your Lenten yep. themes together and everything? Yeah, I'm going to be doing 14 sermons during March. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. You keep writing. <laughs> no, I just do the same one everywhere. The same one all. <laughs> Nobody ever remembers the sermon. Yeah, you know, there's always the old story about the, the the preacher that takes a different call every three years. He never has to, you know, three no. years of sermons he can... <laughs> just keep on doing yeah. it. It's a little tough when he starts a sermon after that disaster on 9-11 yesterday. <laughs> yeah, or Woodrow Wilson said yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a little. It's it's tough when you when you're a place over thirty years. You know, they, oh boy. they get to know your servants pretty well. <laughs> boy, I had a dream. You want to hear about it? Yeah, please. Oh boy, is it a nightmare or a dream? Well, you'll decide when I'm done. Um, it starts off with the uh, death of Louise at her mm-hmm. funeral, and mm-hmm. she goes to heaven and St. Peter's at the front door and he says, you can get into heaven if you can spell a word. And she says, what's the word? He says, love. She says, L-O-V-E. Come on in, he says. And by the way, stay at the door for a little bit. I have a short meeting to go to. She says, I'm brand new to this. And he said, you know what to say. And so she's standing at the door and all of a sudden I show up at the front door. And Louis said, what are you doing here? And I said, I was so sad after your funeral. I went home, lay down in bed, and I died. She said, well, you can get into heaven if you can spell this one word. I said, sure, what is it? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's pretty good. I thought so. Except the Bible doesn't teach uh, salvation by works. <laughs> or or by words. Or by being able to spell. <laughs> oh, boy. Transfiguration Sunday first of all, wasn't really celebrated in a lot of areas. This particular hymn... And at different times. Yes. The Benedictines on the continent had observed the transfiguration of our Lord centuries earlier, but it was not until the 15th century that such an observance became common in England. And this is when this hymn was written uh, at at that time. It has a uh, beautiful melody a well-known folk tune, uh, obviously older than the manuscript copy. And it's um, kind of interesting to take a a look at this because it just, not many hymns do this, but they tell the story. Yeah, right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. As I said, you know, uh, Transfiguration Sunday is 
has been celebrated at different times. Yeah. If you've ever read the book Hammer of God by Bo Gertz, sure. there's a section in there where they talk about gathering together around Transfiguration Sunday, and it's in the summer. Yeah. Now, that's a no- Norwegian group, I think. That's right. That's but, right. It- but uh, I think it's placed... In, on our calendar, I think it's placed where it should be, right before Lent. I think it's, I think, it's, and I think, and it, it's celebrated every year. It's not just every three years, but uh, every year it's right before uh, it's the last Sunday before, the, and the last Sunday of Epiphany kind of draws Epiphany all to a to a, a focus. Yeah, Epiphany is the season where Jesus does various miracles and actions and sayings. That show he is truly the Messiah. That unveil him, yes. Fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. Right. So this is our last one. If you would be so kind. Now, I'm preaching today at 10 o'clock, so we'll be leaving a little early. And we'll allow you to hear the entire hymn at that point, unless Pastor Smith wants to do it by himself. No, okay. No. <laughs> Stanza one. Oh, wondrous type, oh, vision fair. Of glory that the church may share with Christ upon the mountain shows where brighter than the sun he glows. I have a problem with the uh, third word type. Yeah, yeah. What's that referring to? Well, it's referring to the. This is a. This is a. a f- a foreshadowing, if you will. Foreshadowing isn't really a good word, but it's a foreshadowing of what the church will also enjoy. You know, the glory that, that the disciples saw on the Mount of Transfiguration is a foreshadowing of their own glory that will be theirs when they're with our Lord Jesus in 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 heaven. Yes, that that's very good that you knew that. Yeah. There's another time that the word type is used in the Scripture... It's in re- recognition of his descent into hell. Right, right. Gee, and I it talks think, about. I can't place where that is. The folks on the ark is a. It's type. a type of baptism. Yes. Uh huh. Right. Right. And that says exactly what you just said. It was. Yeah. It's a foreshadowing uh-huh. of what we're going to be receiving in baptism, just as they receive safety by the waters of the flood, so also will receive safety and salvation by the waters of baptism. That's right. Yes. Okay. Um, Now, O vision fair. A lot of times when I think of a vision, it's not really real. It's just a vision. Like maybe when John was on the island of Patmos, he had a vision and wrote Revelation. But here the word vision is really about reality. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Uh, the, the disciples, Peter, James, and John, actually saw our Lord Jesus transfigured, and they also saw Moses and Elijah up there with him. Yes, we'll get to that in a moment. Right. Of the glory the church may share. That right. was the point you were making. Right. Which Christ upon the mountain shows, where brighter than the sun he glows. Well... You and I aren't very bright. No. <laughs> What's that referring to, the bright? Well, it's, it's, it's his transfiguring, his transfiguration. Yes, I know, but what's the, it pointing the, the to clothes, The clothes were brighter, brighter than any washing could make them. His clothes were bright. His face was bright. He shined like the sun. But where's the glory that the church shares? How would you explain that? Oh, the glory that the church shares. Well, we, we will share that glory, of course, in that new heaven and new earth. 
In fact, uh, but, the, but we share we share a foreshadowing of it in the Word and Sacrament in the in the Gospel. That's the Gospel good. sheds light on us. Yeah, every time uh, I'm in trying to help our congregations, I'm serving. Understand that when you do the Apostles' Creed, God considers you glorious because you're the one saying what God wants you to say about Himself. Uh, through your faith. Uh-huh. I've never heard it quite put that way. No. Never really thought of, you know, uh, he shares, we share the glory when we profess the creed. Is yes, that right? Yes, absolutely. Um, That's good to know. Yes, it is. <laughs> but your other point was on uh, the day of resurrection. Remember, he makes a distinction between the glory of the sun and the glory of the yes, moon. Yes, yes. What's the difference? Well, remember the words. The, the the glory. There's the glory of the sun, and there's the glory of the moon. Uh, in other words, we'll, there. Well, the Bible talks about degrees of glory. I know, but what's the distinction between the sun? Is, oh, the sun is. Uh, it's original. It, it originates from the sun. The glory originates from the sun, whereas the moon is reflected glory. Yes, the word normally uses radiant. Yes. Versus reflected. Right. In heaven, will we be radiant or reflected? I would think reflected. I think so, too. Yeah. Like Moses' face was yeah. when he went up to see God. That's right. And remember, there's no need for the sun there's in no heaven. There's no need for the sun in heaven. There's no need for light because the lamb is our light. Exactly. I'll read two. With Moses and Elijah nigh, the incarnate Lord holds converse high. And from the cloud, the Holy One bears a record to the only Son. Now, it doesn't say what Moses and Elijah are talking about. Yes, but in this, I, think, I think we know from the scriptures what they're yes. talking about. What were they? Well, that's, again, that's why this is such a, this is placed so well right before Lent. Yes. They're talking about his, uh, his exodus. That's the word that's used in the text. His departure. Exactly. It's about, part- about to take place in Jerusalem when he's nailed to the cross. And there's a conversation going. Right. Now, where would Moses and Elijah heard about this? Well, of course, you know, Elijah was one of only two people that was taken into heaven without dying. Very good. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sure he caught up on everything that was about to happen to Jesus. And he was a prophet. It, it, he was a prophet himself. See, yes. he, he prophesied. As uh, was also Moses. That's right. And we can find places in the five books of Moses where this is talked about. Right. right. Sure. Oh, yes. It's filled with uh, yes. with uh, all sorts of uh, prophecies and typologies. Jesus keeps going back to the Old Testament passages on that road to Emmaus. Right. Where he's talking about where he's everywhere in the Bible. And we're studying about Genesis right now. Oh, you are? In our, in our congregation. And boy, I'll tell you, it just... You know, to, to see all these instances where Jesus is prophesied in Genesis is terrific. You know, the Bible study that occurs here between 8 and 9 just finished Corinthians, and they're starting Genesis. Oh, it's a great book. We use lifelike material oh, for yeah, Genesis. Yeah, it's yeah. excellent, excellent. Yeah, I uh, one of my field workers wrote, I think, John Charlemagne. Yeah, we're just concluding the story about Joseph and his brothers. And it, oh, I'll tell you. Oh, that's oh, good. Oh, man, it's, it's just... That was good timing because that was what the text was last yes, week. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, uh, I almost could have used the Bible study as a sermon. No, really, because Joseph says, you meant it for evil, but God... God intended it for good to yes. save many lives. And um, the title of my sermon, here was the question. 
is God responsible for the suffering you go through? <laughs> this guy, well, ultimately, he's in complete control. Exactly. I mean, it, it, he uses our suffering for our good. He brings it around for our good. That's So, obviously, he is the ultimate. Is yes. 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 He doesn't get blamed. No. We get blamed when we sin. That's right. But he's still responsible for letting come to us. He wills, just as he did with the devil to Job. But he has a bigger point yeah. to be making. And uh, it was it was interesting sermon. Um, because I, you wrote it, right? <laughs> no. I, I got it from the Bible. You got it from the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Do you write your sermons? Oh, absolutely. Help from the Holy Spirit? No, no way. Okay. Um, Stanza three. With shining face and bright array, Christ deigns to manifest today what glory shall be theirs above, who joy in God with perfect love. Well, that excludes me. <laughs> Do you have perfect love? No, but you know, I've got a problem there with that word joy. I always thought of joy as a noun, not a verb. They're using it there, who joy in God with perfect... I don't know. That It sounds like they... they they kind of squished it into to fit, you know what I mean? Yeah, but a lot of nouns can become verbs. I suppose. Sure. I mean, uh, I, I don't disagree with it, it's, but it's just, I, I think of joy as being a, a noun. Yeah. Um, well, you could say, who have joy in God with perfect love. Yeah, but that would be, that would probably ruin the meter of the... <laughs> well, no, no, that's right. But, um, yeah, this is a translation anyway. Yeah. But be that as it may, who joy in God with perfect love, we don't have perfect love. So. We have we have it in Christ. In Christ. We he he gives us his righteousness exchange for our sins. Well look, read the line who, before who, where this is taking see, place. What glory shall be theirs above. There. Shall be theirs above. Uh, theirs above. Yeah, who joy in God with perfect love. Yeah, it's well, above. We have it even. We have, have it even now in Christ. We're sinner and saint even now. Yes, I understand what you're saying, but a lot of times we don't have perfect love here on earth. Well, this is referring to when we get to heaven to have that perfect love. You don't think we have it now in Christ? In Christ, God regards us yeah, okay, as having all right. okay, that's, perfect that's love. Good enough for me. Okay, <laughs> he's <well>. the one. That, <laughs> he's the one that I'm concerned about. <laughs> I don't care if other other people think I don't have perfect love. He is the primary uh, concern. Yes, and uh, yeah, I know both our wives have problems with that. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Stands before and faithful and, hearts are raised on high. By this great vision's mystery, for which in joyful strains we raise the voice of prayer, the hymn of praise. Now, that wasn't really Peter's reaction to this, was it? You remember Let's what see. he said? He says, oh, it is good, Lord, to be here. Oh, it's so good to be here. Yeah. You know, he was, he was, he was, sens it was a sensational vision for him right he wanted to he wanted to camp up on that mountain he wanted to build three shelters one for moses one for elijah yes. and one for jesus and just let's stay up here a while this is terrific 
Yes. They were dazed with the But what does vision. it say after he says that? Luke adds this. Uh, but he did not know what he, he was saying. He did not saying. know what he was saying. <laughs> you see, I take those tents to be worship tents, like the tabernacle was. Oh, oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, that's like why he... Yeah, well, yeah, I can... <laughs> I can imagine. Well, I I've I taken that to mean uh, you know let's stay up here a while. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a normal yeah. interpretation of it. But uh, I don't know where I got it from. That uh, worship tent. The word tent could be yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. For each one of yeah. them, and and that's why it says because for he did not know what he was saying doesn't really fit if it was just tents to stay there yeah. for a while. Yeah. Well, who but, was. Was he was he motivated by the Holy Spirit to say that? Do you think? What do you think? No, that was his old Adam. It was just oh, that's you think that's his old Adam speaking? Sure, especially if it means tabernacle worship tents. Uh huh. Because we don't worship Elijah. Oh, I see. Yeah, we don't worship yeah. Moses. Okay, all right. And that's why Luke added, for he did not know what he was saying. <laughs> you know, the question I'm always faced with that you know you you don't see. You don't see Elijah and Moses having to be introduced to those. They evidently knew question, right away. Yeah. And so that leads us to ask the question, will you recognize these people? Will you recognize your loved ones in, in heaven or in the resurrection? Will, you, will we need to be introduced to anybody or will we recognize them? I mean, that's a little bit off the subject, but that's sometimes a question that comes up in this. Yes. What do you think? Uh, I would only say that there may have been more conversation going on than we're aware of. Yeah, I, I can. But if yeah. not, then you make a very good point. I figure they just recognize them because their Sunday school lessons had pictures of them. Yeah, <laughs> or you know, they saw they saw they, the, they no saw the camel's stuff. hair. That that pretty much <laughs> that eliminates some other options. You see the camel's hair and the leather, and maybe and Moses, the leather belt. Moses was holding two tablets. Yeah, that might have that might have uh, given a little hint. Too. <laughs> no, I don't think he was. But, um, yeah, that's a, a point I've made it myself that, yes, we could recognize. All right, last stanza, please. O Father, with the eternal Son and Holy Spirit ever one, we pray thee bring us by thy grace to see thy glory face to face. And that has a triangle in it's front? It's a doxological verse. A we doxolo- we, we yes. stand. It's the Holy Trinity there. Yeah. Yes. Um, with the eternal son and eternal angels are semi-eternal. Yeah, they, they have a beginning. a beginning. They have a beginning, and so are we. That's right. I think the word is sepiternal. 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 We are, we have a beginning. Yeah, but be. we have no end. Our our we live on and on throughout eternity. And brings in the Holy Spirit, yeah. ever one. It is not amazing that back in the 15th century, they understood the Trinity, three persons, but one God. Yeah, yeah. This is why I say the reason we do this on Tuesdays, a lot of these, this would be a great hymn to go over for this Sunday. You bet. Now, I'm sure you're using oh, it. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. I, I, and, uh, in fact... Um, yeah, I'm going to use the uh, "Tis Good Lord to Be Here." Jesus on the mountain peak—that's another one you could use. Yes, there's several. Yeah, in for, fact, for Transfiguration. Yeah, isn't that interesting? There's only one Sunday in Transfiguration, but they almost have more hymns than they have for other things. Yeah, I mean, there's six hymns here. Yeah, until you get to Lent. and then you could always use that uh, 
God and man made manifest. You could use that one, too, to sum up Epiphany. Yeah, I uh, used that last week. Did you? Because that was the last Sunday mm-hmm. of Epiphany. <laughs> this, isn't this the last Sunday of Epiphany? Coming well, that's up. what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, contrary, Tom. But the Transfiguration <laughs> is a really unique yes. kind of thing. I wonder, I wonder how many other church bodies use Transfiguration Sunday like that. How do you mean? Like the Roman Catholics, do they have? When do they have? Yes. Do they have Transfiguration this Sunday? Do you know? I'm not sure if it's this Sunday. Uh huh. But they definitely celebrate it. I remember. I think it was my grandmother. I went with. She was strong Roman Catholic uh-huh. and such, and I'd stay with her every now and then, and we'd go to church. I always sat in the back because you see they they had kneelers. Yes. Yes. And when. I would remain seated. Anybody behind me would keep hitting me in the neck to <laughs> yeah. start kneeling. <laughs> I I'll have to tell you a story about that kind of thing with me, too. Well, go ahead. You well, got a minute. Okay. Well, I, I went to a year of Catholic school, fifth grade. Uh-huh. And the thing is, I never had to go to Mass. I didn't have to take religion. But we had to pay tuition. Yes. And uh, I was taught by Sister Marita Immaculate. And she said, she usually left me with one of the other nuns to use the paper cutter for, you know. Oh, yeah. So uh, once, well, one day she hadn't arranged that. She says, no, you come to Mass with us. It won't hurt you. Just come to Mass. And I sat there. I'd never seen kneeling, kneeling benches before. Right. Well, when they came to time we kneeled, I just sat there and I felt this hand right in the pit of my back pushing me down on the kneeling yeah. bench. Yeah, yeah. Boy. <laughs> The first congregation I became pastor at, Trinity and Sturgis, uh-huh. had kneeling benches. Uh-huh. And there were people who, when they visited us, would not join because they thought we were Roman Catholic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, my one of my church, Trinity Mount Clemens, Michigan, had kneeling benches. Really? They're, they're fine. I, yeah, I think they're good. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, don't have them. I don't have them in my current Let's see, when I commune people at your church, do they kneel for communion? Yes. Yeah. Come up to the altar and they kneel, right? But some remain if you, standing. If you can't kneel, of course they stand. Yeah. Do you ever go back into the pews? To Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had people that would ask me to come back yeah, and, that's right. and bring it to them. Yeah, I've yeah, got a, do a that. couple like that also. So we're looking for a transfiguration. And, boy, I don't know what we'll talk about next uh, Tuesday because we've got... Ash Wednesday, the day after, and the following Sunday, first Sunday in Lent. That's right. So we'll have to take a look at Talk about Lent. Well, that's Pastor Mark Smith. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to be doing a Bible study out of Hebrews. What was interesting, there are four readings for Transfiguration Sunday, including the Psalm, Old Testament, Epistle, Gospel. Every one of them has the name Moses in it. How about that? So we're going to take a look at that tomorrow on Law and Gospel. Right now, you're going to once more hear the hymn, and I'm going down to preach. So you can stay on KFUO to continue listening to the preaching. So thanks very much, Pastor, and being here, because I know you made some special plans for that. All right. Listen to the hymn right now, then, as we uh, leave. <laughs> 